and welcome back to the Busy Blooming Podcast. My name's Tess. I'm Alexis. And we're your hosts of this podcast. We're back together in the intro. <laughs> it's been Finally. a while. It's literally been like two or three weeks, hasn't it? I know. These like microphones, I I give <laughs> up. Like I'm on my old microphone. I just, I can't figure it out. And so here we are. Yeah, it, it's been a struggle. It has. It's been my Everest, like, figuring out this audio. And apologies in advance, the interview today, I used the old, like, the new <laughs> mic that I have now oh, returned. Yeah. You get used to it for sure, but, um, yeah, you know? It'll be fine. It'll Just be fine. get through this one, and then next week will be better. Yeah. Okay, so if you guys are new to Busy Blooming, we are not just a podcast. We have an Instagram, a Facebook group, we have a LinkedIn, we have a website where we share blog posts and resources, and you should definitely join. Instagram is at Busy Blooming with two Gs. Our Facebook group is just Busy Blooming. Oh, we also have a TikTok, Busy Blooming with two Gs. We do. The TikTok has been... There's some TikToks on there right now. Yeah, popping off, if I do say so myself. So this week on the podcast, we have Sai Joshi. It was such a fun episode. She is a medical student. She's almost a doctor, and she's also an influencer as well. And just get ready. Like, she shared so many fun stories. She also shared a lot about her journey with dealing with ADHD in med school. So that was just a really good perspective on, like, time management and self-care and all that good stuff. So stay tuned for... For the episode but before we get into it as always we want to hear from you guys in the community we asked you some questions on our instagram about the topic this week and we're gonna go through your thoughts and yeah okay before we get into it we wanted to try something new something fun and fresh this week so <laughs> so fun and fresh <laughs> so unique and revolutionary yeah we invented this idea guys yeah exactly <laughs> so we wanted to do a quick highlight and low light of the week um so yeah you go first what was your how was your week i think for my highlight i went on a date this weekend very exciting so that was so exciting um first dates are very scary i will say that but it wasn't awkward you know we didn't have that awkward silence where you're just sitting there being like what the heck am i supposed to say now yeah so that was good and you know Hot Girl Summer has moved into Hot Girl Fall, so <laughs> we're keeping it moving. <laughs> You're in, like, your dating game. I'm really trying, you mm-hmm. know? Like, I have been struggling for a while, and I'm trying to, you know, find something new. Yeah. Something new and fresh and exactly. exciting. <laughs> you should ask them on the date their highlight and low light, and they'll be like, wow, you are so revolutionary. Oh, my God. That <laughs> is a fabulous idea. <laughs> Wait, like, why am I going to do that? Look at you. You're like my dating coach. Yeah, Uh, yeah, great. (laughs) So much experience. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, you were literally stressing me out so much before my date. Like, we were on FaceTime, and I'd be like, oh, my God, I have such a pit. And you would be like, oh, I have a pit for you. (laughs) I'd be like, you should be stressed. What are you going to say? What are you going to wear? No, literally. And then right before I left, I texted and was like, oh, my God, I'm scared. And you were like, I'm so scared for you. (laughs) And I'm like, this is not what I need. <laughs> you were on my mind. I don't know. First dates are just so foreign to me. Like, I I don't I don't know how people do them in, like, a good, successful way. And But you sound like you're killing it, so. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I have another one on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll keep you guys posted. Wish you me luck. You have to keep us posted. Yeah. Um, and then my low light. I was severely hungover this morning. And it was rough. 
it was a dark time but i'm good now i'm thriving yeah if we did this recording earlier like i don't think it would have turned out yeah there is i would say no worse feeling than waking up hungover oh my gosh the headache is really what gets me it's enough to make me like not want to drink truly i know i say that every time but then next weekend i'm like let's go how was your week um, I had a horrible week and <laughs> like the whole week was the low light. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to even sugarcoat it. Like I, I don't know. I just, the vibes are off mm-hmm. and yeah, I really, I try to like find positivity in every day. <laughs> it was you just like, couldn't do it. No, it was just a total write off. Like, I don't know because it's from the long weekend. Um, mm-hmm. we had like Canadian Thanksgiving or yeah what it was um but you know things are just kind of falling apart in certain areas um (laughs) (laughs) I don't know it was just like one of those weeks where you know you're just so like you'd wake up and choose violence and like you just are like I am in a horrible mood and anyone who crosses me so my god yeah that was my I feel like my low light was just like the week (laughs) and then my highlight of the week was our busy blooming launch we i'm so excited we finalized so excited oh this has been like such a long time coming and i'm just so excited to like post it and yeah for you guys to see it just show everyone yeah but yeah it's we were were going to launch so the one year anniversary of the busy blooming like facebook group and instagram and everything is november 15th um but we might launch earlier maybe like early november so yeah stay tuned stay tuned so so exciting yeah that has kept me going literally that has been like your light at the end of the tunnel yeah and adele's new song another highlight oh my god amazing so good and also we are less than a month away from red yes less than a month away from the 10 minute version of all too well like there might not be a podcast that week (laughs) no i i will need a wellness check like i can't even explain to you guys like I think about it every day, how amazing it's going to be. Like, I'm so excited. I need it right now. Okay, should we get into the questions? Yes. Um, okay, so the first question we asked is, do you ever worry about wasting your 20s working or being in school? And 77% said yes, and 23% said no. I feel like I expected, I feel like it's a relatable thing to be like, what am I doing? I feel like I'm literally yeah. just wasting away working all the time, and I definitely feel like that a lot of the time Mm -hmm. I'm like I feel like I should be like traveling or just doing something other than sitting at my desk and working right now I don't know though because I feel like in order to waste time on something like you need to think that you're meant to be doing something else like because you're wasting time yeah that's true and it's like I don't know I saw this TikTok because that's where I get all of my information and thoughts (laughs) um and she was saying like your 20s isn't your prime it's your primer for the rest of your life oh I like that I know and I was like that's so interesting I just feel like it's impossible to waste time doing something because I think you are doing what you're supposed to be doing so it's like so beautiful thank you so much I was literally so (laughs) negative about it and you're like you're never wasting time (laughs) I don't know it's like how can you possibly be wasting time like if you are doing what you're supposed to be doing I, I don't yeah, know that's so true and that's such a good way to look at it too yeah because I feel like you can get really anxious thinking yeah. like oh my god what am I doing I'm wasting so much time doing like working this job that I don't like but if you yeah. look at it that way then it's like you can't really get worked up over it yeah 
Okay, the next question we asked you is, have you ever thought about applying to grad school? 85% said yes, which is crazy, and 15% wow. said no. That's a yeah. lot. Yeah. Oh my god, have you ever thought about it? Yeah, I thought about it, but I never applied. I think... Me too. There's something, something like, comforting, like, I think, before you're about to leave undergrad, about thinking about going into school, like, right after. Yeah, because it's really all that you have ever known. Like, once yeah. you graduate from your undergrad, like, you've been in school literally your whole life. Yeah. So it's like, okay, it only makes sense to do more school. And then sometimes it's like, I didn't know what I wanted to do, like, work-wise. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, I just don't want to figure it out. I'm just going to go to school. Yeah. <laughs> For literally no reason. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. Well, I think that's everything from us for the yeah. intro. Yeah, I think so too. Cool. Well, I hope you guys enjoy listening to this episode with Sai and let's get into it. Okay. So we're here with Sai on the podcast. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to chat to you today. Thanks. Me too. I'm so excited as well. Yeah. I think like we were chatting a little bit before this, you're the first person we've had on who's like, grad school vet school like in that phase and I'm just so excited to like hear about it because I think it's like a big thing for people it's like do you go into grad school like do you work and then yeah I want to get into it I'm excited yeah my whole life is just school after school so (laughs) it'll be fun it'll be okay so before we jump in do you want to just take a second to quickly introduce yourself tell us who you are what your days look like so we can just learn about you yeah for sure so my name is Sai um, like a sigh of relief. <laughs> and I am going to be 25 in just a couple days. And I'm a fourth year med student. So in about seven months, I'm going to get to call myself a doctor, which is insane. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And I'm going into emergency medicine. So I'm currently in the phase of applying to different residency programs, interviewing, and then um, hopefully matching at, you know, my dream program in March. Um, But beyond like the career aspect and the medical school aspect, I'm also a podcast host as well. So I host my own podcast called Brown Girl White Coat. I'm also a self-proclaimed medfluencer on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, So I talk a lot about women in medicine and mentor other pre-meds and younger med students that kind of want to be where I am um, or go into emergency medicine in the future. Love it. And definitely not self-proclaimed. I mean, you have 10,000 followers now. <laughs> yeah. Tess, Tess is my, my 10,000 follower. That was iconic. <laughs> I know. We went on. We're like, okay, should I, like one more busy blooming followed. Like we need to get you to 10K. <laughs> yes, we got it. We got it. <laughs> awesome. Great. Okay. Um, so a question we ask every single guest, and I would love to hear your answer to this, is if you could go back to yourself at 18, what is something you would tell your 18-year-old self? This is such a good question. I absolutely love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. At 18, I was like just starting out as a freshman in college. Um, So we we had this program at Baylor University where I attended, where you were kind of guaranteed to go to med school if you got into this program. So at 18, I was starting as as a freshman and I knew I was going to go to med school in about eight years or four years and, and be a doctor eventually. Um, so I would tell myself, you know, you're going to make it, you're going to be there. You're going to get where you're going to go. Even if your journey eventually has some twists and turns and you meet like terrible people along the way in college, you meet terrible friends or you meet terrible guys, you're still going to get to your end destination. And I think that was something I was really worried about as an 18 year old, like, am I going to make it? Am I going to like it? Um, Mm -hmm. and so I would just tell myself, stop worrying so much. And then on top of that, I would tell myself, hey, you have undiagnosed anxiety. (laughs) And if you could just go get that checked out, it would save you a lot of stress in med school when 
you know, your coping mechanisms don't work when the stress is so high that it's not just college anymore. It's, you know, a level above that. So it would save you so much stress if you just got on that ahead of time and like saw a mental health professional before you run into those problems. (laughs) Yeah. Those are two really great answers. I just wish there was some way we could go back and like tell ourselves stuff. Cause I love what you said too. Like, you're going to make it, you're going to like it. Like it's going to be fine. The amount of like stress I'm sure you had 18 of like, what is this going to be like? Am I going to drop out? Like I just, yeah. Okay. I want to know like everything about your (laughs) journey. Cause I feel like it's like, you're almost done, which is so crazy. And I feel like med school is like one of those things that so many people like aspire to and you're like doing it and you're almost done. So like, I think for me and maybe some people listening, my only idea of like medical school is Grey's Anatomy, which is probably (laughs) like so inaccurate. So like how long have you been in medical school? What is it like? Like, could you just take us through that process of even like getting in? Yeah, for sure. So I am of the opinion, a lot of people say Grey's Anatomy is like a terrible representation of of med school or or intern year residency, which is what the show starts out as. And I'm of the opinion that it's actually a really great way for people to kind of have that first experience of like, what is medicine even like? What do doctors do? Um, And they kind of show like, you know, them being stressed out, them like getting a drink at the bar to like unwind after a long day. So I think a lot of the social aspects of it are somewhat not realistic, but they're a good intro to like what life could be like. And for a lot of people who don't have like parents that are doctors or they're low income, or they just don't have a lot of exposure to the field, that's what they watch. And they watch Grey's Anatomy and they get that first exposure and they get interested in medicine, which I think is, is a good thing. Um, but I do think that Grey's Anatomy has like, you know, they, have very unrealistic portrayals of kind of hospital life and like they glamorize the hours spent going to work. So maybe they'll say, oh my gosh, I had like a 16 hour shift, but until you get to med school or residency and know that that's your entire day, um, (laughs) that it's really hard and that you're not just hooking up with people in the call rooms, you're like actually taking (laughs) care of dying patients. Um, I think that's the unrealistic part of it. Um, but I think it's a good introduction to like what medicine could be and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I've been in medicine for in med school for three and a half years now, and each year is kind of different. So at my school, the first year and a half is preclinicals. So you do like your, you go to class, you do all the learning that you need to do. Um, then we start with our clinical rotations. So I started on like family medicine, then you rotate in like everything from psych, OBGYN, um, surgery, which is notoriously the hardest and like craziest rotation with the worst hours. And then you take a big test. It's like a board exam um, and you, you need to pass two board exams in med school to go on to residency. And throughout that whole process, you're kind of deciding what aspects of each rotation do I like and not like and figuring out what you want to eventually specialize in. So kind of that journey is what led me to emergency medicine. Um, I really liked that high acuity of care of like, okay, this patient has something critically wrong with them right now and we need to fix it. And a a lot of patients will come in like coding and you're, you're the one that is actually saving a life at the end of the day. It's an extremely rewarding field. So that's kind of my journey throughout medicine um, and kind of how it works in the U.S. at least as far as I know. 
that's just such an amazing path. Like I just, I couldn't even imagine this like stress you must have gone under and like just all the experiences and the people you've met and has there ever been a time where you're, you were like surprised about something or was it kind of what you thought it would be? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm surprised every single day in med school. Like the first week, I think the first like day actually of lectures. So we had like four lectures per day um, from eight to noon. Um, And you're like, that sounds like nothing like eight to noon. Like I did that in college and more um, classes in college than just that. And you come home and you're like, wait, in four hours, I learned pretty much what I would learn in like a semester of college. And so just reviewing that at home, um, they say if, if you're in medicine or you're pre-med, you know, med school is like drinking out of a fire hydrant is what they mm-hmm. say, because they just throw so much information at you um, and expect you to kind of learn on your own and figure out your own learning styles for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very surprising in the preclinical phase. And then going into the clinical rotations part of it, it's like a totally different like learning curve of just learning how to talk to patients. Um, There's kind of like an art form of interviewing a patient and getting the answers that you want about their problems, figuring out how to help them. Um, And a lot of the time in the emergency room, what surprised me was patients are coming in with maybe something not emergent. Um, A lot of patients don't have primary care. And so they come to the emergency room to seek medication refills, or they come to seek you know, care about something that's been going on for years and years. And this is the first time that it really bothered them. So it's surprising that sometimes we see people that don't have primary care. They don't have access to a good doctor in their community. And that was just like kind of a culture shock for me and surprised me and also really interested me to be that role for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you like do your four year undergrad and then go right into med school? Like how many years have you been in school consecutively? (laughs) Yeah, good (laughs) question. A long time. Yeah. Yeah. So the program that I did, um, which is pretty much what, what most people do is four years of undergrad and then four years of med school and then residency, which is where you get paid, but you're still kind of in like a training phase, um, of, of, of your life, um, but yeah, so about eight years of schooling um, after high school. Um, yeah. A lot of people take gap years, which I've heard is amazing and, and very like transformative for their personal development. Um, mm-hmm. But I did not do one. Yeah. And you said you're almost turning 25, which by the way, I'm almost turning 25 in a couple months. It just seems to hit different turning 25. Oh, <laughs> you can't say you're in your early 20s anymore. No, I'm like, am I a postgrad? Not really. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but do you ever get people telling you, or do you ever feel like, oh my God, I'm spending like so much of my time in my 20s in school? Like, has that ever kind of crossed your mind or been something you've worried about? Yeah. So I think for people that are, are worried about that sort of thing, it's, you know, your twenties are your time to find like a suitable partner. It's your time to maybe start thinking about having kids or like put a down payment on a house. It's like very transformative time. And when you're in med school or any type of like grad school, you're not really earning an income. You're only like paying through the nose for your education. So those things are not very realistic to, to accomplish in med school. Um, and so some of the worries I hear are mostly from my friends who don't have partners. They're like, I don't have time to go out and date at right. this time and find someone. 
And so I was very lucky to have met someone in college that I'm still dating. And that definitely made things a little bit easier because you don't have to like go through that period of like courting and like dating in that early stage. Um, So you can kind of like just, you know, have date nights and have that like support in school without needing to like put on a face or like dedicate hours and hours of your time to it. Um, But to answer your question overall, I don't feel like I'm wasting my 20s. I feel like I'm, you know, investing in my 20s rather. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm investing in the person that I want to be in my 30s, you know. I'm going to be, let's see, emergency medicine is a three or four year program. So I'm going to be a full-fledged doctor by the time I'm like 29. And I think that's that was my goal at the beginning. And I'm going to eventually achieve that. You're going to be 30 or 40 and you might not have a degree. So if that's your, if that's your goal, you should go for it. You're going to be that age anyways. Yeah. And I think it puts so much, like we, we feel so old, like even like we were saying like, oh my God, 25, like, but I'm sure looking back when you're like 29, you're going to say like, oh my God, when I was like first getting to med school, I was so young. And then when you're like 40, you're going to look back when you became a doctor and like, oh my God, I was so young at 29. I think we, yeah. we are so young, like all of us in our twenties, like we have so, so, so much time. And like you said, it's like, you're investing in your twenties. I, I love that phrase. Yeah. It's such a good way to look at it. Are there any like kind of pros and cons you can think of that you've experienced like being in school for so long? Yeah. So the cons, like I mentioned, like you're going to have a little bit of a harder time with the whole like growing up sort of adulting phase of your life. You're not going to have the money to buy a house right now. Um, You're not going to get a a whole ton of time to start dating or like really delve into how, you know, most like young professionals in their twenties, they're like going on dates all the time and and doing that sort of thing. Um, So I think those are the cons. You're going to have less time for sure. I don't want to like portray it unrealistically. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the pros are, you're going to have your dream career in the future. I think that that's a huge thing. And like in the future, I'm going to kind of get to build, whether it's a house, whether it's a lifestyle in general, like the, the real thing, the real deal that I want. Like, I don't think money is necessarily going to hinder me from being the kind of person I want to be in the future. And then once that's all kind of set up, I will have time to travel. I will have time to um, you know, date and start a family and et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's kind of like delayed gratification in a way. Um, but at the same time, you don't have to put your life on pause. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, a lot of people have kids and get married in med school as well. It's just about priorities and kind of learning to time manage. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love these said priorities. Cause I think, I mean, I'm sure anyone listening in their 20s has dealt with comparison in some way I think that's what's so weird about being in your 20s because some people will be like having um, their second kid and have two houses or have a house and getting married and other people are like in New York like a photographer like going out it's like everyone is at such a different spot and it, it can be a little bit like oh my god what should I be doing like everyone's doing something different and I love what you said, like priorities is just so important. And to you, like your career and like becoming the doctor you want to be is like the priority, I'm sure. And I think it's so important just to like sit back and think like, okay, what's my priority right now? Like, what do I want to do? And kind of, you know, blinders on to what everyone else is doing. And um, yeah, I, I love what you said. Totally. And I think it's important to find 
like surround yourself with people that also either have those priorities or know how to support you mm-hmm. in those priorities. Um, for example, um, my boyfriend is so supportive of every career move I make. And I don't think I could, you know, get there and, and be that person without someone that's like extremely supportive and wants me to be the best, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. Yeah, I think so too. And surrounding yourself with people who truly like know you, like even better than maybe you know yourself. Cause I think, yeah, like, you know, you can make so many big decisions and if you, and sometimes stupid decisions and you do, you know, make mistakes, that's what being in your twenties is all about. But yeah, like if you're with a partner or just friends or family, like whoever like really, really knows you and knows like, okay, this makes sense for her. Like that I think is so important as well. What are kind of the biggest lessons you've learned do you think so far, like biggest mistakes you've made like throughout your twenties and going through school? Yeah. So I think going throughout college, it was, it was a little more simple, I would say. Um, like I didn't need to employ a lot of coping mechanisms for my like mental health problems, like anxiety or having like ADHD symptoms, um, like hype, like hyper-focus or not having the ability to focus. Um, I didn't really need to employ those in college because of the, the the class rigor was not as crazy as it is in med school. Um, so I got to med school, bit of a culture shock. Um, and so I really had to learn like different learning styles, like the best time even for me to wake up and be productive, um, which turns out is super early in the morning because um, mm-hmm. my energy just runs out throughout the day and I can't be productive after like 6 p.m. Um, and so I wish I had, I wish I'd known those things a little bit earlier, but those are the biggest lessons, like figuring out what works for you, whether it's studying, whether it's working out, like if you don't like to run five miles a day or you don't like running at all, don't do that. You're not going to be able to be consistent with those things. If you like walking, that is plenty to do for the day, you know, just kind of figure out how you can show up consistently in your life versus trying to do what everyone else is doing, which at the time was, you know, going to class. A lot of people went to class the first year and a half of med school. And I figured that it was much easier for me to stream the classes at home and just have my own space, have my own schedule. And so just figuring out what works for me versus what everyone else is doing, like we were talking about with comparison. Right. I'm sure you see like so many like tips and tricks and advice and things for like people with studying and time management. And so, yeah, like, like you said, especially when you, and I want to get into childhood mental health as well, like, especially when you do have anxiety or ADHD symptoms, like that, you just need to, I'm sure trial and error, like with things that work for you. So jumping into that, like, what has your journey been with mental health throughout your twenties. Like I know you have that friend real where I think it like kind of blew up. It was like when you have ADHD symptoms in medical school. Um, and I love that. So <laughs> yeah, could you just shed some more light kind of like your mental health journey? Yeah. So I, I will say like the first couple months of med school, I was doing okay. Um, and it, it really hit me. I was like, okay, something is not right. When I had to study mm-hmm. for one of the biggest board exams in med school, Um, called the USMLE step one, which is like an eight hour exam. And it finally hit me like, I don't think I'm going to be able to sit and like study for 10 plus hours a day for about two months before the exam. And I don't think I'm going to be able to sit down and take a test for eight hours. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had to really find like different coping mechanisms 
And I, I did work with a, a mental health professional therapist that was provided to us by the school. And I started seeing her and I was like, you know, I, I feel these like hyper-focus and then like not being able to focus for various parts of the day. Um, I feel like I waste, you know, eight hours of the day, just sitting there thinking about all the things I have to do instead of doing them. And I feel like debilitated by it. And so we, we worked on a lot of different like mindset shifts. Um, I will share that I'm not on any medication right now. And that's something I might want to consider in the future. Um, but working with a therapist has taught me to, uh, time block, I think was the main thing for me, like time blocking, like four hours at a time and saying, okay, even if I waste my 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. time, I still have three other or a couple other blocks to go. I still have time throughout the day um, to get done the things I want to get done. And then another thing that I learned through Instagram, actually, just following a bunch of creators that talk about their own ADHD symptoms um, is, I don't know how scientifically correct this is, but it's like dopamine hits. So Mm -hmm. kind of seeking out the things that make you happy Um, Like whether it's playing music in the background while you study that makes you happy, whether it's going outside for a walk and getting that sunlight every day that makes you release dopamine Um, and just finding those times throughout the day to have those hits, whether it's like going through a lengthy process of making coffee and like drinking the coffee, if that gives you that dopamine, that's like critical for people that have ADHD symptoms. Mm -hmm. Um, So that really helped me. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes maybe people who do have like ADHD symptoms would think, oh, well, I could never do medical school. Like it's so much studying and time. And like, what does that exactly like look like for you? Like those symptoms, was it mainly just the overarching like theme of like being really hyper-focused and not being able to focus? Or were there any like other little things that were kind of like, okay, maybe this is something I should look into. Yeah. Just like really easy distractibility, I think is the main Mm -hmm. thing a lot of people face when they're like, okay, do I have ADHD? And I think the first thing a lot of people go to is like, okay, let me try like scheduling. Let me make a calendar. Let me make a super regimented something to keep me focused. And that actually ends up doing the opposite. At least it did for me. Um, And so I decided to just regroup and completely restructure my day. So during the first year and a half of preclinicals, I would get up at like 5 a.m. because I just got so much done in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would get up at 5 a.m. I would stream the lectures from the day before. Um, and I couldn't focus at, you know, one times the speed. So I would increase the speed to two times. And so I would get done with my lectures in like two hours in the morning. Um, and then I would be able to study or I'd be able to work out. I felt like I had so much time in the day. And so that helped me kind of lengthen, um, my, my really good focus time is just waking up really early and Mm -hmm. getting that done. So even if I had a lull in the afternoon, I had a lull in the evening, I was able to say, okay, I got up and I got something done today. And I think that that is a big thing for people in med school, like figure out what works for you. Even if you have to restructure your whole day, like a lot of people with ADHD, they're like, okay, I forget to brush my teeth, you know? And it's like, okay, well, when you remember it, whether it's 4 PM or, you know, midnight before you sleep, just do it then it's better Mm -hmm. done than done at the right time, you know, or the time everyone else is doing it. Right. It shows that you can truly be any type of person and go through something as, you know, intense as medical school. And 
I love what you're saying about just like doing what works for you and trying stuff out. Do you find that your kind of anxiety and ADHD, like how has being in medical school impacted it? Like, do you think it kind of would have been this way anyways, or do you think it kind of made a change like being in this intense, you know, school? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of, especially young women, they only realize they have these things when they're faced with like med school or grad school, because it's just, it's not a normal circumstance. It's not you just going about your day. It's you being thrown information all the time that you have to know that you have to perform well eventually. And that's when you realize you have these symptoms because it's just something that you're not able to employ those coping mechanisms for anymore. Um, And so that's definitely what happened to me. And that's what um, happens to a lot of people. Are there any, um, like I know you shared a few, but do you have any other kind of things you do maybe as like a routine in the morning or like studying routine or things that have really kind of helped you like handle your anxiety and ADHD, like in a good way that works for you? I just love music. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm also just really into music. I sing, I like to play the piano. And so I just play music that makes me feel happy um, Mm -hmm. in the mornings and I make my coffee. I take my time. Um, I like to get up earlier than I have to be somewhere. Like for example, I'm on an orthopedic surgery rotation. They get up so early, <laughs> like yeah. five okay. in the morning, six in the morning. And so I like to get up at least like 20 minutes before I know I have to get up mm-hmm. so that I can have like a morning routine. Um, I like to do my skincare. I like to just take it slow sometimes in the mornings and wake up and, and be normal before I have to like go into the hustle bustle of the hospital. Right. Do you find that it is possible to like, I don't know how else to say this, but like have a life outside of <laughs> medical school? Because I, when I think of like, and even like hearing you talk, like this sounds so busy. Like, do you find that you have time like for downtime and like going with your friends or, or are you kind of like, no, like every day, all day is like medical school? It depends. It's very like on and off. Like when you're yeah. on a rotation that allows you to have time, you're like the most blooming person right, right. <laughs> to reference your podcast. Um, <laughs> you're like having a social life, you're working out. And then like maybe the next month you're on a really critical rotation that just sucks and you have no time. So mm-hmm. it's like very up and down depending on the rotation. Um, but I will share that I had to have a mindset shift of, okay, I can just pass these exams in med school. Like I can just get by and then have a social life versus okay, I need to get like 90% on these exams and like not see anybody or not like have time to do things I love. Mm -hmm. So I had to make that shift. And once I did that and I was like, okay, if I study this amount of time, I think I can pass this exam at the very least. Um, I, I open, it opened up many doors for me. Yeah. That's so interesting. How do grades work? Like, is it kind of like your undergrad? Like as long as you pass, you get your degree or does it impact like your placement and all that stuff? Yeah. So at least for my school, um, preclinical grades were pass fail. So they always say like P equals MD. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> but you do get graded in your clinical rotations, which it's a little bit easier to do well in your clinical rotations. Cause you just have to be nice. You obviously like helping people and, and helping patients cause you're in med school. So it hopefully comes pretty naturally to you to be nice to people and do what you're meant to do there. This just sounds like such a crazy like routine and <laughs> wow, it's it's so cool. You must be just so like ready to 
me down and like go oh into placement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. And it'll yeah. just be nice because in med school, you're always being evaluated. Like your yeah. grades are always based on like, did you get along with the team or did you like go the extra mile? Mm-hmm. But once you get to residency, you're like a part of that team now and you're mm-hmm. like employed and you're making an income. And right. so I can't wait for that. Yeah. I'm excited to see your content, like your vlogs and your Instagram <laughs> stuff when you get into that. In terms of time management, I mean, you mentioned time blocking. Is there anything else that you do to kind of like manage all the stuff? Like are you a to-do list person or like what, like what are your tips? Yeah, I don't like to do a lot of like scheduling um, mm-hmm. or like planners or anything, but I do make a list every now and then, especially when there's a lot of deadlines to meet, like with interviews or applying the process that I'm in right now. I just put like little post-it notes on my laptop of like due dates or things I want to get done throughout the day. Um, and something I've started doing, which actually has helped me a lot is, you know, if there's a task I'm really putting off, like cleaning my room or cleaning my bathroom or like watering all my plants, um, I'll just set a timer on my phone and I'll just say like five minutes and then Mm. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to do this task until this timer goes off. And then if it's done, if it's not done, I just stop and I go back to whatever I need to do. Yeah. So that's helped me. Yeah. That's a good tip. I find that it work as well I do that sometimes it's like okay I'm gonna set this time for 25 minutes and just like get this thing done it is such a good like thing if you guys want to see never try it try it it's like the best little timer trick Pomodoro timer that sounds like kind of what you're doing like 25 minutes on like 10 minutes or five minutes off yeah yeah I would love to just get into for anyone listening like who kind of wants to get into med school grad school like I guess, first of all, is that something you always, always wanted to do? Like, and you're like, this is from a kid. Like I wanted to be a doctor. Like, yeah, I think I reject the notion that there's only like one thing that we're meant to do. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that stems from capitalism, which I reject. (laughs) (laughs) Like there is no like dream job. I, I want people to understand that at the end of the day, this is a job. A lot of people describe it as like, oh my gosh, this is a calling that I just needed to do. And I think that is unhealthy. It makes you like spend so much more time on it than you should and put so much more stake in it than you should. Um, So I, I did want to be a doctor probably when I was like 12 or 13, like kind of just starting like um, starting high school. And so I did like kind of build on that passion. Like I, I went and volunteered in hospitals and kind of like shadowed and, and saw what doctors did, which I would highly recommend if you're interested, shadow the person that is doing what you want to do. Um, and I did figure out eventually that I liked emergency medicine, even as uh, like a freshman in high school, I was like, this is so exciting. Like mm-hmm. I would never be bored. This is the furthest thing from like a desk job. Um, or like a nine to five, which is kind of what I was like, okay, I don't want one of those. Now I just work all the time. (laughs) Um, But so it was something I wanted to do, but I also had a great passion for music, for Mm -hmm. just creative endeavors, like, you know, sharing vlogs or sharing podcasts. Um, So I, I did find a way to kind of do both and Mm -hmm. like make a little bit of money from both. Um, but I do want to let people know this is just a job at the end of the day and, and you have to like what you're doing. Yeah. You want to help patients, but do you like 
cutting people open? Do you like doing CPR? Do you, you know, you should figure out if you like it. (laughs) Right. I've never heard that before. Like that is such a good point. Cause I think we, like, I for sure would like glorify someone who's in like a doctor type of job or like any medical job, really. Like it, it's so far from like what I would able, like ever see myself Mm -hmm. doing. So I think it is so cool. But like you said, I mean, it's still a job. I mean, even if you're in your dream job and you think the dream job really never exists because there's always things you're not going to like. Um, do you find that a lot of people, you know, like drop down? They're like, I can't do this. I wouldn't say a lot, but there are mm-hmm. people that dropped out even in my program where you're like guaranteed to go to med school. You don't have to take the MCAT. People dropped out because they realized that it just wasn't for them. And the mm-hmm. college, college is really like, you should explore your interests and explore what you want to go into. Mm-hmm. Even if you're in like a guaranteed program there, they were still exploring. And a lot of people dropped out to either do like business. Um, they just found a love for it or they dropped out and be, did um, like an MPH and went into like epidemiology or something still related okay. to the science, but not um, going to med school, which yeah. I think is great. Like if that's not for you, like don't waste your time on it. Cause it mm-hmm. takes a long freaking time and you should feel like satisfied and gratified at the end of the day. Yeah. I know you have some content on this on your Instagram too, but like the topic of being squeamish, like, is that something (laughs) even like you were saying, like cutting people open? I'm like, oh my God. Like, you know, (laughs) is that something you dealt with or it's something you've never like had a problem with? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I will tell you a story. So the first day of me shadowing in the emergency room, um, we, so it was like seven in the morning. I was like on my feet for many, many hours at this point. And we popped into to someone's room and they had a priapism, which is basically <laughs> you have an erection. Yeah. For, okay. um, for many hours <laughs> and it won't go down, which is, you know, it's, it's threatening. It's like an emergency. So okay. we had to drain it. Um, so oh it's basically God. like blood that's flowing through all the arteries in your penis and we had to literally stick something in it and drain it out so it could go down oh my god (laughs) I passed out (laughs) no way oh my god I just I don't know if I was just on my feet for too long or if that made me squeamish but I had like a vasovagal reaction just passed out and then I woke up and I was a patient in that emergency room oh my god (laughs) now that sounds like a great anatomy episode (laughs) like having that person come in and like and it happens. Like, I think, I don't think you should let that deter you from going into medicine because eventually I got used to it. I wasn't like mm-hmm. squeamish at the sight of blood, but mm-hmm. seeing people in pain definitely makes me a little squeamish. Like yeah. people just like screaming in pain. I'm like, oh, I can like feel your pain. I don't want that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And have you found, like you said, over time, do you kind of just like compartmentalize like that this is work and like, this isn't like me actually cutting someone open right now? Or like, how do you kind of, you know, even do that? (laughs) Yeah. Well, hopefully I won't ever have to cut someone open. Um, Mm -hmm. but I am on surgery right now and they, they do it without like any hesitation. I think like after you've been in the field for years and years, it becomes just like second nature. You're doing it to help someone, you know, you're doing it to like replace a knee or replace a shoulder and they're going to get better afterwards. Um, so that's, I think the, the point of view they have. (laughs) Right. Do you sit like in the room with them while they do it? Or do you kind of watch from like out or are you helping? Like, what is that? Yeah. I'm like scrubbed in. It's pretty fun. Wow. Yeah. And so 
at least for ortho, I'm just talking about this because I'm on this rotation right now. Um, but they have you like as a med student doing a lot of like retracting so that you can oh, like, okay. you know, make the field, um, like open and, and adequate for the surgeons to see, um, which hurts. It's like a workout in itself. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> to like retract skin back and stuff. Um, and then they let you suture. So when the surgeon is done, they'll be like, Hey, med student, if you want to like help close up, you can like suture the, the port site. Yeah. Um, and the cuts and stuff. So that's oh, been fun. That's pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to do that. yeah. And then anesthesia is just like waiting for you. They're like, oh, the med student is suturing again. Like this will be like hours before we can leave. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Going back into getting into med school, like when did you find out? Like what was that moment like when you're like, okay, I got in? Oh my gosh, that was insane. Mm-hmm. So I had applied to a lot of these like BSMD programs, like the one I did at Baylor and they're, they're pretty hard to get into. And so I I had gotten into maybe like four or five out of like the, you know, 20, 30 I applied to. And I was opening mail, like nobody was home. Um, I was like opening mail. Um, and I opened up the letter from Baylor saying I had gotten in and I just like fell to the ground. I was like, Oh Oh, my God. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, and then, yeah. The rest is history. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any advice for someone like who just like any one or two pieces of advice for someone who wants to get into medical school or even grad school? So this is something I tell my mentees a lot. A lot of people most frequently ask question really is how do I, or what activities should I do to get in? And there's not a formula that works for everyone. We don't know what the admissions committee is looking for necessarily. And so I would say that if you're looking for activities or you're looking to add something to your resume, do something you're passionate about and devote a lot of time to one thing and becoming the leader of that thing or becoming someone who starts something for a problem that people have and you fix a problem. Um, A lot of people, they do like 20 or 30 different clubs and they're just like a member and they just volunteer, but how are you going to make things better for patients in the future? You want to like prove that to the admissions committee. You want to say, you want to be like a leader and you want to show that you have those qualities already. Um, so for example, in med school, I saw kind of a, a gap in ultrasound education for med students. And so I just started an ultrasound club and now I can say, Hey, I saw a problem. I fixed it. And mm-hmm. it shows like leadership and that I can work in a team and um, things like that. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to just be a member. You want to like stand out. You want to do something that fixes a problem or changes something for the better. Yeah. That's a really good piece of advice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank I'm you. sure some people would just say like study and like <laughs> just <get> perfect grades. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, okay. I think that was everything I wanted to chat to you about. I could listen to these like stories forever. <laughs> I want to hear like all of them, but, um, okay. So where can people find you, your Instagram, your podcast, everything, where can everyone go follow? Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram. It's at life of Sai, and Sai is spelled S A I E. Uh, you can find me anywhere you get your podcast for more content, kind of like this, actually, um, talking about mental health and talking about just self-care in your twenties, things like that. Um, it's at it's brown girl, white coat is the title on Apple podcasts or Spotify. And then on YouTube, you can just search my name, Sai Joshi, S-A-I-E-J-O-S-H-I. And I post like vlogs and more lifestyle type content on there. 
Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so, so fun. This was so fun. I know. I know. I like could talk to you forever. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for coming on and taking the time. Um, I'll link all your stuff, of course, down below. So everyone will follow, check out the Instagram, the YouTube, the podcast, everything. Um, yeah. Thank you for cool. being here. Thanks for having me. Let's do this again. Yeah. <laughs> you come on my podcast next time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Podcast swap. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.